0: Tom Ross Parry Matthew Stephen Boyle If you were an astronaut floating <laughs> out in space <laughs> Yeah,
1: would well, you what if, yeah,
0: go on do a podcast without losing your grace? Well there's nothing but space, Matt It's almost as if we just started doing that for that joke eh, It's Tom and Matt Tag The high note, I'm disappointed. No, I
1: didn't. I mean, I, I can't really so <laughs> been
0: try. Fair enough. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to adjust the levels. So no, no, I'm lazy like that. No, anyway, yeah. how are you doing? You all right? Oh,
1: I'm great. You know, we weren't going to talk about Eurovision, and I think we're going to leave it there, aren't we? I, th-
0: I think we should. I, yeah. th- I didn't even watch it. I have no okay. legs to stand on. So I
1: really enjoyed it. And I said the voting this year, especially as someone lives in the UK, was particularly exciting. yeah uh, makes
0: a change (laughs) i was gonna say it must be nice to actually be watching that and living in the uk and going like oh my god someone voted for us isn't that nice well so yeah i
1: think it's a good song so um
0: for those of you um in america who don't know what eurovision is it's a big singing contest that happens every year in europe with european countries uh ukraine and australia won, um and australia now (laughs) um uh, yeah, Ukraine won. The uh, UK came second. UK generally does very, very poorly in these contests because mm, so it's it was... all politically motivated. But, anyways,
1: I'd like to say to a point, as I said before, yeah, I... I'd like to believe that at least you know from the juries uh, that uh, people did appreciate our entry this year because it was yeah, I think
0: it's which is good. called uh, Space Man by an artist called Sam Ryder. Check yeah. it out.
1: Check it out. Yeah, again, not <laughs> sponsored
0: your... by Spotify.
1: I'm your platform of choice. Yeah, there you exactly.
0: Go. Listen to it on Apple Music or YouTube or the iTunes Store. Yeah, Or store buy the CD single. Apple Music. No, you can't buy I reckon CD you could probably. You reckon you could probably buy it on tape. There must be like a hipster Eurovision <laughs> underculture. It's like, yeah, man, this sounds better on cassette. And maybe it does. Yeah. That's where you can get that guitar solo, Tom, that you're talking about. That's cut out uh, yeah. of the main version. It's only yeah. on the cassette release of yeah. that single. Darn
1: it! Well, luckily I've got a cassette player
0: thank okay. god
1: so uh video games yeah video games, video games. put put your vision aside for a moment and uh Matt he was telling me just before the podcast there was a game you were trying to remember the name of
0: yeah um <laughs> well i mean that's that's never a great sign is it but i actually do quite enjoy this game tom Parry, i'm going to i'm going to talk to you <laughs> this is why i didn't go space man but now i need to adjust yeah. the levels so i'm going to do it anyway um I've been playing a game um, after browsing the stores, both of the Switch and the PlayStation today, going like, oh, I want to start Lost Judgment, but I don't want to put the time in at the moment. That is a that is going to be a time sink in the same way the Fortnite has been. By the way, Tom Parry, I'm level 103 in Fortnite. Um, oh, my Lord. I've, I got the battle pass full. I generally come third in most matches I play quite easily. Um, I got two... Victory uh, royals yesterday um, at that level with like people who clearly play a lot of Fortnite. In one match, Tom, I got 13 kills and I died with a full shield and full health at oh, the end. Yeah, that okay. must make you feel good. It did. It made me think, feel. Hey, I'm the man. Exactly. I was like, yes, I'm good at Fortnite. And then I was yeah. like, yeah, this is probably kids. Uh, I should stop playing this game. Anyways, doesn't matter, Tom. I'm the king of Fortnite. I had a crown to prove it that I immediately lost in the next game. Okay, so I so, didn't
1: play it, by the way. I just wanted
0: to no, get that out of the way. That's a shame, Tom Parry. You should give Fortnite a go. Some of my friends who I used to play Apex with have now started and going like, this isn't bad, is it? And I'm like, yeah, it's not as good as Apex, but there's, hmm. there's hooks and tendrils. Anyway... Because that has been the main thing I've been playing, and I've been like, okay, actually, I've played a bit too much of this game. I'm not going to play a load of video games this week. I was going to give you something short and sweet um, that had, obviously, a high-level quality to it. There's lots of stuff on the stores now, as we've talked about in the past. And so I was scrolling through, and I stumbled across a game called Tasomachi Behind the Twilight and Oh my
1: god, now I was gonna look that up then and now I don't
0: know, I just um it that. is T A S O M A C H I and then Behind the Twilight. Well, um, I c I haven't got even my web browser open yet. The the reason <laughs> I stopped was um as most people are complaining about this, like, oh there's loads of like visual novels and dubious like pseudo hentai oh, games upon the stores now. And I, I stopped on it because the, the thumbnail art was quite wholesome and seemed to be of a genuinely good quality. And I was like, no, I wonder if this is like a small tactical RPG or whatever it is. Um, But no, it isn't. It is a 3D platformer. Oh. Feels very interest. much like an early PlayStation 1 platformer. Like its scope and simplicity, yeah? but obviously has more updated controls and visuals comparable to a PS4 game, which is what it is. Um, essentially, the premise of it is very simple. You're playing as a girl called Yukomo, and you're flying around in an airship, and your airship crashes uh, because of this mist that descends. Mm, and so you go. you get out, and there's like a little rabbit creature, and he tells you, like, everyone's asleep because there's mist. But if we find... Like, if we go to these trees in the lands called Sacred Trees, we can dispel the mist. And so you go, okay, cool, I'm going to go to the Sacred Trees and help out with all this stuff. And essentially what that means is there are hub worlds uh, that are small towns in wherever this island is. It doesn't specify. It says a Far East Adventure. It's got bits of, like, Japanese and Chinese culture thrown in. There's lots of lanterns and lots of, like, nice aesthetically pleasing thing to people who, like... Japanese shelters and torii gates and all these kind of things. Um, You're running around this world, these hub worlds, and then you go into levels that can only be unlocked by having a certain amount of these things called sources of earth, which are just like a collectible. They're like a star or whatever you would usually get in a regular game. And generally speaking, what lays behind those doors are in these like sacred trees... temples it's just like platforming challenges that mm. aren't too frustrating The i've i've seen this game called and compared to breath of the wild in terms of like the shrines i don't mm. necessarily think there's that much going on there's no like physics at play from what i've seen mm-hmm. it's just genuinely solid platforming with the usual things of like oh you touch this platform and then all the rest of them go invisible, so you need to remember the path through the platforms, or the platforms are moving, the platforms are falling, there's teleporters that send you around, like, it's nothing groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination, but the music is absolutely gorgeous, um, and it's scored actually by a Japanese YouTuber um, called Uchiko, um, which is U-J-I-C-O um, who... Makes some gorgeous music for this game, so I'm going to check out his YouTube channel. But it, it's developed actually by a really small Japanese indie team called Studio No Cross. Um, mm. They they released this game last year for PC, which is probably why I hadn't heard about it. And then it came out on the Switch and the PS4 in April, so it's relatively recent. It's just it's, come on the store. I think is it's it on f- Xbox. I'm not sure. I don't think it is.
1: But, yes, it is. It is on Xbox.
0: Oh, that's good. The, well, I the was Steam... I was hoping it
1: was on Game Pass. That's what I was trying to find out, but uh, uh, it doesn't seem to be at a glance.
0: To To be fair, I think it's like fifteen quid at the max. Like it's not it's not a very expensive game, but for the level of quality and compared to some of the other games I've bought recently, I think fifteen quid is money well spent on this game. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Like there's just. You little... wrong
1: with um, Grapple Dog?
0: <coughs> no, and I. I I mean don't get me wrong I think I think Grapple Dog is a gorgeous little indie darling that people are going to be talking about for years to come but I I think this is this is just a sit down and play something game in a way that I haven't really had for a long while you don't really have to think too hard it's not really pushing you it's just it's very zen for lack of a better word and I hate using that word when talking about like chill out but it is it's you're just running around there's really really good score really simple puzzles that are challenging but not overly taxing. They're not, you know... it's this. I feel sometimes with indie devs that sometimes they are playing their game day and day and night and became very, very good at it, and then kind of that difficulty doesn't necessarily map onto an audience. Even people play games a lot like ourselves. Sometimes they can just be needlessly difficult. That isn't the point of this. It is just a, hey... Enjoy being in this world. Enjoy being in this space. Solve these platforming challenges and save the people from their slumber that has happened because of this mist. It, it's really good. I I, I was pleasantly surprised.
1: Hmm.
0: There's no there's no combat. There's no arbitrary like fetch questy stuff that I've seen. It's just straightforward. It feels like I said an early PlayStation One platformer. Brought into the modern day, and I really appreciate that. I wonder if there's a demo. I'm not sure. Tom, trust me, this will be up your street. Like of all of all the things that I'm pretty sure there's is a Tom Parry game. I'm pretty sure this is a Tom Parry game. Okay.
1: Well, you do know me rather well, but the question is, Matthew, do I need any more games to play?
0: No, I mean t- this is a completely fair question, and is one I asked myself while I was scrolling the store. Because obviously I've got I've got a couple of things on the side that I haven't started. I also really want to go back and play Elden Ring. But, again, it's just that idea at the moment of spending a lot of time playing a game isn't really that appealing. And after not really playing that many games over the last couple of weeks, and then just completely falling into Fortnite and going, no, this is... I don't know. I, I think I a find... lot of people
1: fall into the... The crap uh, of Fortnite, don't
0: they? I, uh, again, I think it's because it's so well designed. I think everything you do in that game feels like an accomplishment. And especially when, you know, not to toot my own horn, you get a level of enjoyment and actually feel like I'm actually alright at this game. Then I, I think it's quite easy to do that. It's re- It's a very satisfying game to play. But also I was just like, okay cool, I've got I've unlocked Doctor Strange now. Maybe if I can get some nice costumes for these skins I've unlocked already, if I can make my Cat Lady Gold, then I'll keep playing a little bit every day. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play more than an hour of it, like every couple of days. It just it doesn't. I kind of, I've done all of the questy things from here. I think it is just grinding matches, and that interests me a bit less. The stuff. We'll I was see how saying, that pans out, Matthew. Well, let's see. I mean, it seems to be if you can if you can do consistently well, like I have been doing, it seems to level pretty easily. But I, the stuff I was complaining about last week, and I said that felt at odds with the game. Now that I've actually got to the top of those quests, and like I'm up to date with the battle pass. I don't know. They kind of gave me an incentive to keep playing, even though I wasn't following the story. But it was kind of us, you know, numbers go up, tick a box. Like, right, cool, I've done this objective. What next? It's like playing an Assassin's Creed or uh, any other open world game, you know. It's just doing something on the map while you're doing yeah, the same thing. Yeah,
1: this is it. I, I've experienced that this morning, was, uh, jumping to a bit of Forza Horizon 5. You know, I, I went into it thinking I was playing it for a little bit, but it's like, oh, but there's a race just there. I should go and drive to that one now. Yeah. You know, they get you like that, those sort of games.
0: Yeah, but I'm at the point now in the Battle Pass where there isn't that much of that stuff to do. It's more just like silly things like hurt people with the repair torch. And I'm like, I'm just going to die if I do that. Like that, that that seems counterintuitive to the game completely.
1: That's just silly, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's not me like here seeing three people in a gunfight and going in and absolutely murking them all and going ha 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 like it's just gonna that, if I ran into those people with a torch I would just die instantly and they'd be like oh you've ranked seventy and I'd be like okay cool I guess I'll do that again because I need to do this five times mm. doesn't appeal to me no let's see yeah sort of fallen off that beyond horizon what have you what have you been playing. Um I should class. I should clarify Forza Horizon, not Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West.
1: Yeah. Um so I only just jumped into that for a bit this morning. Just sort of at a loss what to play. I didn't repeat as just said before on the podcast, if I'm not sure exactly what to play, I usually jump into a game like that, a racing game. Yeah. Or similar. Uh but su- surprisingly, um I only got Zelda the other week, right? Yeah. As we talked about. This yeah. is uh Link's Awakening for the Switch. And I wasn't particularly thinking about picking up any other Switch games. Yeah. As I don't buy a lot, especially not physical games for Switch. But I was out in town and I popped into CEX. And I saw that uh, they're selling uh, Pokemon Brilliant, Diamond, and whatever the other one's called. Radiant Pearl. Sapphires, Radiant Pearl, right. Um, 30 quid second hand. They had sealed copies behind the, the checkout. And as I was buying some Doctor Who DVDs. So I was like, "Is that sealed uh, Pokemon Diamond?" And it's just, "Oh yeah, oh, I'll get that then."
0: Well, oh god, do you think? Do you think it's finally happened? I saw an article actually. Someone linked me, like NFTs have crashed in the last week. Apparently, like NFTs crashing wiped two hundred billion dollars out of like existence. Which wow. is insane. And I've heard now Water, the people who do the video game grading, are being investigated for manipulating the video game market. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And obviously we've seen the crazy prices that Pokemon has gone for in CEX. Do you think that chicken has come home to roost now that the pandemic is over?
1: Well, I think those old games are still um, demanding a high price. But, but... Um, I can understand how maybe a game like... Um... Brilliant Diamond is a little cheaper. There was another actual a recent Switch release I saw that was like £28. It was, it was another similar high-profile Nintendo game. I um, yeah. can't remember what it was. Uh, so, yeah, perhaps things are changing a little bit. I went over to the Wii U section and saw you can get Mario Kart 8 on Wii U for £6. You could get most Wii U games for like next to nothing now. Yeah. Apart from if they're like um, Wind Waker HD. That was like yeah. nearly 30 quid. But, yeah... Maybe maybe the prices are coming down a bit. I was quite surprised to see that particular game at that price. But then, thinking about it, it has been out a little while now. Uh, I, I mean, just ignored it for um, <laughs> a period.
0: No, a lot, a lot of these copies of Pokemon Crystal that I'm looking at on eBay now... There's a lot of buy-it-nows for like 300 quid for a box copy... But there's a lot of them that are starting bids around like 150 quid that no one's bidding on. At the moment, there's a copy that's £74 that people seem to be bidding on with three hours to go. Pokemon Black is also down to about 30 quid, whereas that was around 100 at one point during the pandemic. I never
1: really thought about it as a bigger thing like that, but perhaps it is. Perhaps I, right,
0: I hope it's levelling itself out. I hope that people have realised that there are literally fucking millions of copies of these games in the world. Mm. Yeah, it it seems like copies of these games are starting to get affordable again, which is good. That only really be for...
1: a good thing. I also bought a Dreamcast controller from CEX yesterday in Derby for uh, £6. Oh, Nice. I, it was a particularly nice nice condition one I thought I could always do with another Dreamcast controller. So, uh, yeah, fairly happy with that. It's, it seems to be certain things that don't demand the high price. Dreamcast stuff, controllers, accessories. I remember buying a keyboard from, from there once for about a fiver or something. Yeah. There are certain things which don't seem to demand a very high price. Certain games still do, unfortunately, but... Nice anyway, to, to talk yep. about the game, shall we no, talk about I, the game? Yeah. Sorry, um, just
0: to close it off. Like the last couple of box copies of Pokemon Red sold for about eighty quid. The world is healing, Tom.
1: Okay, good. Good to hear. I really like uh, Brilliant Diamond, actually. I, really? I yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is Pokemon in its simplest form, but having not played a, you know, an old school Pokemon game for some time, I found this to be. Really nostalgic. and uh, Well, not only nostalgic, but I've just been reminded of how much I like the pace of those Pokémon games. There's nothing urgent about them. No. You know, Uh, and I really like the new ones. So I think Arceus does does a great job at um, rejuvenating the the formula and offering something different. But sometimes you just want old-school, slow, turn-based Pokémon.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree (laughs) to a certain extent but I honestly, after Arceus, I don't think I'm going to play another mainline Pokemon game. Oh well,
1: I I didn't necessarily think I'd be in, as into it as I am, but it does does really send me back to that time when, you know, I played a lot of lot of Pokemon. Yeah, and there's only one thing that I'm really having a little, well, having a little bit of an issue, not a major issue with, but I can see it perhaps being a problem throughout the game. The experience share thing is yeah. is making the game too easy. Really? Well, yeah. I feel like my Pokemon are all leveling up uh, equally, which is yeah, know, it's, it's a good thing on paper, but it, it it does make the game easier. I think.
0: To be honest with you, like I had forgotten that was a feature, and yeah. that I actually, don't think that you can turn it off either. It, give, it gives me more incentive to play because that's that has been my frustration with Pokemon games recently is that I just don't want to spend hours and hours and hours grinding up levels for mm. for Pokemon. I just don't want to do that I anymore. think
1: what the problem is, is the game's not been tweaked to support the experience share. Ah, gotcha. So, so everything the stays the same levels. Yeah, the difficulty of, say, the gym leaders doesn't seem to uh, match the no. ease of levelling up, I don't think.
0: you got to remember, Tom, it is a game for kids. Yeah. Like, I think that is the thing. Maybe they start introducing hard modes into Pokemon where you can adjust the difficulty levels and stuff like that. But, like, honestly... I mean, let's
1: see. I've only done the first gym, but it, yeah. it wasn't hard. And the Pokemon that I've been using are all evolved from the first few Pokemon I caught. I yeah. haven't found any other Pokemon yet that have really made me want to swap anyone out. Yeah. So um, I can tell you, my team, if if you're interested... Go for it. I see. If our listeners might be interested. And our listeners, I'm sure if they've played it, will have a good idea what my team is. I mean, I, I, of I played po-
0: the original pool, so hopefully yeah. I can remember what Pokemon were in that generation.
1: So I started with Piplup, because yeah. I don't think last time I played this game, I did. For me, Diamond was one where I dropped off, actually. And I remember trading it in for Mario Kart uh, DS at the time. I did the uh, same. I later got it back and I did finish Diamond, I'm pretty certain, but I it took me a long time to actually get round to doing that. Um but I seem to be enjoying it fine right now. So so Piplup was my first one who's now evolved into what do you may call it? I'll tell you right now, Prinplup. That's a wonderful catchy Pokemon name, isn't it? Yep. Um I've got the evolved form of Bidoof, which is yeah. Biberel. Yeah, the big how fever. long uh, she'll stay in the team? I'll use their proper genders because they all have their <laughs> own genders here. Um, I'm not sure because it's a water normal, and I've already got the water with
0: the Piplup, Yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't know, but it, it's a bit. It's, it's a tank type Pokemon, isn't it? It's a bit of a damage sponge, and it's. Uh, I, I find it quite a humorous one. Yeah, uh, there's a uh, staravia which is the evolved form of Starly, which yeah. um, is doing quite well for me. I finally got my Abra into Kadabra, which uh, I think level 15 it evolves, and you finally get a move that you can actually use. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Luxio. Yeah. And then cricketune
0: Yeah, okay, so you have like all of the start Pokemon, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. And so far, so good. I mean, I've not had to swap anyone out or found that I've had any real difficulty using this particular team. Yeah. And as I say, I've not encountered any Pokemon that made me go, oh, I need that in my team. Yeah. Not yet, anyway.
0: I, I think this... I remember there's like a desert area, and around that stage of the game... There was a lot of Pokemon that I remember swapping in and out. So I started with Chimchar when I played, mm. and I I had a very similar team. I think I think I kept the Kadabra for Psychic until I got a Ralts, if I remember mm. right. Ralts is in that generation, right? I'm not speaking. Yeah, uh,
1: I I get a bit mixed up here because I get yeah. black, black and white, and uh, Diamond and Pearl sort of mixed up. Sometimes.
0: No, fortunately, the 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 Sinnoh Pokédex I'm looking at confirms as Ralts. You can get Ralts, and then around them I got the the Panpour and Pan Pokemon, like the monkeys yeah. to complement Pan Sage,
1: Panpour. Yeah, those ones.
0: Um, and then I also got Sandile. I think.
1: Well, that's that's an appealing
0: Pokemon. Or or am I confusing this with Black and White? I think they've blurred into one for me. Shit.
1: Well, Sandile's in um, Arceus, which is set in Sinnoh as well, isn't it? Yeah. So it could be. But that's interesting about the fact that these two games have come out quite close together, that they're both in the Sinnoh region. So you, I find in my team right now, there's, there's parallels between the team I have in Arceus. Yeah. Because I think I've got a, the Starly Evolutions in there and I've got uh, Luxio, whatever it turns into, I can't remember. So... Uh, that that's interesting to see it's familiar uh, I did have the option actually in the beginning of the game because I've got saves for Let's Go Pikachu and saves for Arceus yeah. I could have right now a Jirachi or Mew in my team Ooh! but I thought well seeing that the game's not particularly hard if I was to put one of them Pokemon in yeah, I imagine it's going to make it even easier so I decided now I'll stick with Kadabra because there's a bit more of a challenge using Kadabra because the defence isn't high yeah, You know, it's powerful, but if, if I recall... It's a bit of a glass
0: um, cannon, isn't it? Yeah I, yeah, I always find this with Kadabra and Alakazam.
1: Yeah, and how I'm going to get Alakazam, I don't know. Because I don't know anybody... I don't think anyone I... Uh, maybe there's someone on my friends list who's
0: playing this. So I, I mean, if, if you really wanted to, you could, put your, you could put one from Arceus into Pokemon Home, I guess, right? And then take it from there. Oh, can you swap between these two? I mean, I think you can swap from a lot of things with Pokemon Home, right? Isn't that kind of the point of that?
1: Yeah. Is that free now? Do you know? I What's have
0: no idea, mate. I, I, I have never, never really looked into it. Yeah. I mean, either, half of me, like any time I have like shiny Pokemon in Pokemon Go, I'm like, I should put these into Pokemon Home rather than just trashing them in this game. Ah, but right, yeah. I never do.
1: Well, I think the game looks nice to go, talk about the game's visuals a bit because it's not like um, a massive leap, I would say. But when, if you were to compare the DS game with this, I think you would definitely see uh, a marked improvement in, in the visuals. Yeah. But it's, uh, I think it's a style that works. You know. Uh, oh duh, I've just bumped into somebody. This person. I'm oh sorry,
0: no. She's got question marks, Tom, therefore she's a character. She, is you she should, a gym leader? You should stop playing that game, Tom Parry. It's Poke- It's not Pokemon time, it's podcast time.
1: Yeah, it's Cynthia. Well, I was only checking my Pokemon, and then I moved around just to look at the graphics <laughs> for a moment so I could talk about them, and I, I bumped into this, uh, this character.
0: I mean, to be fair, it is a pretty game. I think it's a pretty good. I
1: mean, it does look a little bit. If you look at some of the textures, that uh, they're not very high res. But we are talking about we're on a Switch here, so I don't yeah. can't expect too much. It's a quite a simplified look, without like uh, bells and whistles. Water looks nice, and it reflections. Clouds move across. Shadows of clouds move across the areas. I th- I think it's a good enough looking game. Um, I don't think it's going to wow you particularly, but uh, it it does a job. I don't know if it sucks out some of the uniqueness that was originally there in Diamond and Pearl. Um, But I think actually when I think about a unique looking Pokemon game, I think more about Black and White. I think Black and White had a lot going for it in terms of character designs, Pokemon designs, and
0: overall freshness um, about it at the time. Yeah, I mean that that is the game I think of when I think of like gym leaders and stuff.
1: Yeah, I I mean I'm a big fan of Pokémon Black and White. I don't know if that's a, that's a thing within the Pokémon community or not, but uh
0: I mean it must be. They got sequels, like they're the first ones to have a Black and White 2. Mm. So, they must but have th- sold well.
1: Yeah, one thing I love about Black and White is the fact it's like it's doable doing the Pokédex and the Pokémon are all new. Yeah. Which yeah, again after the freshness. Anyway, I like that game a lot, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I didn't think I would. I thought uh, it would be too much of the same, but I think I was just ready to return to old-school Pokemon for a bit. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. it's Great. And I wonder what the future is going to be for the uh, remakes of the older games. If um, Game Freak are going to hand them all over to this uh, secondary studio, um, which I can't remember the name of, however. Yeah. They, they did that. This was not a Game Freak production.
0: Well, they i sucked. i I think what will happen is Game Freak will obviously continue to make things like Arceus. That'll happen for an adult audience. So, like people like myself who are a bit disenfranchised with the old school way of playing Pokemon, will have something in a big open world. They will continue to then make mainline new Pokemon games as they're doing with the ones that I've forgotten the name of. What are they called? They've announced new ones. I remember the logo was purple. I can't remember. Oh, gosh, Tom Parry. We're on a video game podcast. We we know know the names.
1: Scarlet and... um...
0: Scarlet and...
1: (sighs) Johansson, I don't know. Um,
0: Violet. 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 I should have known that. I knew there was a red and a purple logo. When you said Scarlet, I should have been like, yeah, it's a colour. God, doesn't Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet remind you of, like... All of the bullshit, like oh, there's a new Pokemon game coming out. Oh, yeah. it's gonna be called. When make up the name. stuff that went on with like Silver. And, I love, like, I love the ones that went on yeah. around the
1: time of Sword and Shield, like Gun, and uh...
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pokemon Gun version. <laughs> Pokemon Gun. <laughs> but yeah, like. I think that'll happen. They'll they'll develop these big 3D open world games for people like myself who are into that. They will continue to develop new things for the people who are into that. And then they will probably just sub out. There will probably be a black and white at some point remake and they will probably be done by a third party studio in the same way for that to keep Pokemon ticking over. It then gets it into a cycle, doesn't it? It starts to then become... Like Call of Duty games where there's different studios working on different things. And they don't all have to one-up and iterate on each other. But what will happen is you'll start to see different flavours of Pokemon for different people. Which is, is totally fine. You've got the nostalgic ones. You've got the ones that are kid-focused and are more innovative in the classic sense. And then you also have the 3D open-world games for people who don't like the traditional Pokemon. Anyways, that's enough Pokemon Talk, Tom Parry. As as much as I could talk about Pokemon all day, this is yeah. I, it. I
1: find when I get started on Pokemon, I just go off on one. So uh, I mean, and I literally... thought I was sort of getting sort of away from it. Do you know what I mean? Sort of like losing yeah. interest in Pokemon. But no, I, I don't seem to have lost that uh, that interest at all. I'm really enjoying Brilliant Diamond.
0: I think the thing is for me from Pokemon, right? Like other than playing Pokemon Go occasionally. 'Cause like even that is just like I'll play it for like five minutes a day now. I'll catch one Pokemon and spin a stop and that's pretty much it. Like unless there's a new Pokemon or unless there's a new event on, I don't tend to play the game anymore. Mm. I still keep up with it and how long that continues for, who knows? But at the moment that is how I experience that game. I play it a little bit and then I turn it off. Mm. Um I I I notice things and I look at things and like there's the new cards that are coming out at the end of the month some of mm. them look gorgeous there's some absolutely amazing full art cards in there mm. i just don't care i just don't no, want to. no i'm done with the I... cards I, yeah. I, you know if if it
1: came that i had the opportunity to play the card game again i'd jump at it but in terms yeah. of getting new cards or collecting cards i'm i'm out totally uh who knows if i was to play again regularly maybe i'd jump back onto it yeah but um you know i, I really still I think, enjoy playing the card game. I don't see why not, but collecting yeah. them, I think it's very expensive, and that's not really how I want to spend my money currently. I,
0: I just realised it was a lot easier to buy individual cards at some point, and that I can't hmm. broke the spell of buying Pokemon cards for me. Don't get me wrong, there's still a thrill of opening a pack of cards, but I think... I don't know. I mean, you know, the world seems to be looming on a recession... Which has kind of made me be a bit more thoughtful of what money I'm spending on what, and like looking at a pack of cards and going, "Ah, I could eat for three days for a pack of Pokemon cards." Like, it's it's not that tenable.
1: I've actually been at the point where I've seen them on sale at say a checkout, at the supermarket or something yeah. like that, and I've been tempted, and yeah. I felt a great pride in not falling down that hole.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't need them, do you? Like, this is the thing. It's like, a bit
1: we... of an addiction. I'm now aware of that now at the time when I was buying a lot of Pokemon cards. Yeah. It was a little bit of an addiction. It was addicted to that thrill of, it's... oh, what are we are going to get in this packet?
0: It's because it's gambling, Tom. Like, mm. like uh, this is what most shit is these days, and it's nefarious. Like, Pokemon Go, all of it is gambling mechanics. All of it is, like, oh, will I like, click on this Pokemon? Will it be a good one? Will it be shiny? Like... That is the dopamine rush of you playing that game is going like, oh my god, it's it's just like cranking a slot machine. Fortunately, you're not paying. Mm. But it's still it's really fucked up to me that we as a species have kind of found ways to mass manipulate people for the sake of gaming. And it's like you've never it, thought yeah. that would be
1: a thing. Is it a way to show that reflect, say, the how we are, how people are right now? They may not be as happy as they used to be, and that they're, they're just reaching out for these hits of happiness, you know uh because people genuinely aren't as happy in the, in their normal lives i don't know 90%. I mean this is getting pretty deep, but yeah I, know I, it is. I, I, I do feel like I perhaps need some sort of instant rush like of satisfaction so you go on instagram or something you go on yeah. twitter and you, you're just looking for something exciting that that'll just make you feel a little bit more uh cheerful
0: yeah but i, I mean, don't know oh god i i could go off on a massive tangent about how i i think <laughs> you know men people's mental health is after the pandemic and things i think but like I'm not a psychologist, this isn't a psychology podcast. No, no. What what I will tie this little section up neatly and say is, though, be conscious of how you are spending your money, be conscious of how you are using your time. It's not to say that things that make you feel good, like playing video games or buying things or whatever it is, are incredibly harmful for you, but sometimes you need to recognise that they are coping mechanisms for things that are... Not necessarily wrong, but things that you're not dealing with in your life yeah. and you can't well, well go beyond that. Yeah, well said. Anyways, like let's Don't not...
1: feel guilty about playing video games, but be as you say, be be aware, maybe.
0: Yeah, because honestly, but... like that that is why I I spent my entire Sunday pretty much playing Fortnite last week. I was like, oh my god, yes, da and I was like no, I don't do this anymore. It, I was having fun, that's why I didn't like beat myself up about using a Sunday to play a video game because I haven't done that in ages. Hmm. But it, I can, I feel that bit of my brain that's just like one more game, one more game, one more game, and I'm like, ah, eh, no. <laughs> don't, you have to you don't wonder need what to do
1: it's, that. it's done to the kids of you know recent years.
0: The kids. I'm no, I, I think it's a bit of a cop out to say like. Oh, gosh, this is why kids have such a short attention spans, da-da-da-da-da. Because, I mean, I I think a lot of this stuff, yes, admittedly, it is manipulative in how it is. But it, I think it's also discrediting kids and discrediting how different human beings are to blame short attention spans on video games or the way the well, media works or I'm just thinking about the,
1: uh, the amount of time kids are playing video games nowadays. Um, I know they always have played a lot of video games, if they've been able to, Yeah. but uh, I think now it's probably more... It grabs hold of you uh, tighter than it probably ever has because of games like Fortnite and other similar things.
0: I Yeah, I guess so. But also, I'm quite hopeful that the kinds of these service games and everything else that kids are playing, especially things like Roblox, which are encouraging creativity, or Minecraft, like... I think there's a bit more to them than when we were growing oh, up yeah. just playing games. And let's be honest. Tom, it's definitely like, different from. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of my childhood playing video games. That's why we're now here talking about a podcast. Like we turned out all right. Like it, it isn't. to oh, yeah. That if your kids yeah. are playing lots of amounts of video games. I mean, if you're speaking, if you listen to this podcast, we're preaching the converted, but like, don't be worried if your kids are playing too many video games. It, it It'll be a part of their life, they'll figure out how to adjust and cope with well, that and balance it with everything else. Mm,
1: there'll be a point in their life where they can't spend as much time playing video games and they will have to put their energies into something else. <laughs> in or you uh, know, self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. I
0: I didn't really play video games that much between the age of like sixteen and twenty three, twenty four, I think. Like mm. there's a large period of like video games towards the late Late PS2 era slash like middle to er like early to middle 360 era where I didn't play stuff. I would buy things every now and again and just check in with them, Hmm. but I never really, really played. I was one of these people who, you know, like the casual gamer in inverted commas of like I would buy an Assassin's Creed game or I would buy, you know, a Call of Duty or whatever, and that would be it. Those would be the two games I'd purchase a year, mm. and then it was only when I got more disposable income that I started to buy games in the way I used to when I was a kid. Obviously, just not having to trade as much stuff in, I was able to keep hold of things. It's
1: also, the rise of the indie game and the digital downloads as well. Yeah, I think that, that that has changed the landscape quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, as you say, like looking at this. There is a space now for games like uh, Tasomachi. Like, there is a place where you can just have a, what, like five, six-hour maybe platformer.
1: Ah, oh, the gunk was a great example of that
0: Yeah, and well. it, it can fit into people's lives. Or you can have something like Fortnite that is... You can either play it for, like, 15 minutes for one match or you can play it for, like, 27 hours if you really wanted to. Do. Like, hmm. the the world of gaming is a vast and varied place now. I mean talked about it in the podcast but like most the most gaming in inverted commas i do now is just like wordle and stuff like that is the main thing for me on a daily but i i just try and dip in and out of video games as they interest me god this Very got really re- this got really really serious tom speaking and of manip- speaking it. of manipulative things tom parry i was on the nintendo switch shop earlier and i couldn't help but notice i
1: said let's switch it and then you talk about switch that's hey, unplanned you- uh
0: <laughs> link same wavelength <laughs> no i noticed that in the new and like new releases section of um the switch store a game that we have talked about on this podcast that at this point is almost five years old i think um called nirvana pilot you oh, may yeah? is in the is in the new releases section for 15 uh. kroner um, and it's just called Nirvana now. So I guess they were just like, well, let's just redo the title sequence and relaunch it. So we get well, that's on. It'd be interesting to find out if the game's any different. It doesn't look like. I didn't buy it. I didn't spend the 15 kroner, but I couldn't see the old game listed. So maybe they had to take it down. Maybe or... they took
1: the racing bits out.
0: No, the racing bits are still there. Maybe I'm they took to the, maybe, the... They... maybe they took the racy bits out, Tom. Because like, <laughs> like, it's 12 rated now. And I can't remember if it was before. Oh, right,
1: yeah. I mean, it's not uh, explicit, but... No, yeah. I mean, there's... Um, it's there's, not for kids.
0: It's still got sexual innuendo with 12, oh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, who knows. Absolutely. For me, I, I think they're just trying to manipulate the the Switch thing, because like, lots of people apparently did this where like they lowered their game to ridiculously cheap, so lots of people would buy it, and then you'd get, you know, 70 purchases at two quid rather than three purchases at 15. So... Ooh. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to point that out. I noticed it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really weird that that's there." Hey,
1: Matt, do you like Breakout?
0: I love Breakout. Do you like uh, Buster Move? Um, I enjoy Buster Move. I well, no, I I thought for some reason my brain went to Buster Groove. No, I absolutely love Buster Move. And do you, do you like Peggle? Oh, have you been playing Penguin? No,
1: I've been playing Doling's Arcade on the Switch. Right, which is a fun mishmash of all. It reminds me of all those games. It's probably it's probably closest to Breakout and uh, Buster Move, but there's a peggle satisfaction in there as well. I find right, and uh, it was a very cheap game. It's got quite a nice uh, look to it, and it's got a storyline as well. Uh, the Dolings are these characters, and and then there's these evil Dolings, and it's a very simple story, but uh, for a puzzle I, game.
0: I can see exactly why you bought this game based on the art style of the Dolings yeah. themselves. Well, that,
1: that was what initially appealed to me, and the fact it was a breakout style game, which I think is perfect for the Switch, you know, pick up and play arcade style thing, and also it's incredibly cheap. It's very satisfying. I, I recommend it uh for those who like those games we we just mentioned there uh well worth picking up especially if you can get it cheap yeah i can't really say too much more about it uh but uh yeah it it mixes up the the mechanics from those games and into a nice little satisfying
0: package this so this game originally launched on um steam in 2018 all oh, right so it it's it's a it's, it's a been about old... a while it's been a bound, yeah, but like it reminds me of another game for the Game Boy Advance that I can't remember the name of. That had a similar visual aesthetic and also was kind of like breakout, but I cannot remember the name of it and it's not. It's coming definitely out.
1: a sort of Amiga era aesthetic, I think. Oh hundred and ten percent. It's
0: definitely like Team Seventeen vibes from that dowling. It just looks like a womb, but like a worm meets chio dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. It's a fleshy Geodude, really.
0: Oh, fleshy Geodude, no. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, looking at this autumn seal thing from the Switch, there is also like Geodude, Geodude, but still fleshy Geodude. Ach, mm.
1: And uh, the other game I've been playing a bit lately is I picked up a few of the Star Wars tables for Pinball Effects 3 on the yeah. PS PlayStation 4, Um yeah, great. I mean, I because I, sat, I think I said on the other week I'd got that Xbox pinball game and unfortunately because of the terrible lag I couldn't play yeah. it on my TV So, uh, with a setup I've got. So uh, I thought oh, I really want to play some video pinball. So I thought that these Star Wars tables were on sale the other week. Yeah. Uh, so I just snapped up a few of them. And yeah, I mean I am still wouldn't call myself a great pinball player but I, I do find video pinball games pretty satisfying especially so y- at the moment
0: you're not a wizard is what you're telling me
1: no 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 That's but a shame. Uh, the tables are really creative in the star wars um uh packages you get you get like three per package uh three different tables so you'll get it's clever how they've done it they've not stuck all the movie theme tables together in one pack each pack's got like one movie one so one's got a new hope one's got empire one's got jedi But along with them, you've got a Darth Vader table, a Boba Fett table, X-Men versus TIE Fighter table, uh, Balance of the Force table, I think it's called, which is Dark Side versus Light Side. So you've got the Emperor and Yoda going on there. And there's a lot of variety among all those tables, actually. So they don't tend to repeat themselves very much. I mean, they're all pinball, of course, but the ideas behind the tables are varied enough to... Yeah, you know, make you want to play each each one.
0: I wonder how many actual pin, Star Wars pinball tables there are that are physically made. Cause oh, what, wow, yeah. When I search Star Wars pinball tables, the first thing that comes up is ranked, so I'm sure there's a lot of them.
1: Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be one for every movie, isn't there, at least? Well, up to a point. I don't know if they're still making pinball tables for the, the more recent films. mandalorian pinball table and that'd be good you know and uh baby yoda's like the the ball i don't know
0: yeah well there was (laughs) there was a apparently there's a switch game called star wars pinball and that's what this list at least is ranking there's like tables based around solo and
1: oh well these will be the same sort of ones i've been playing i didn't get the solo ones or the rogue one or the um Force Awakens.
0: I think these are exactly the same tables. I think they packaged them all into the thing. And according to this list, uh number five is the Force Awakens. Number four is the last Jedi table. Number three is Might of the First Order. Um Ancho Toe Island is num- their number two, and apparently okay. the Clone Wars table is the best. Uh yeah, I think I've got a Clone Wars
1: table, uh in, in the ones that I bought. I say because I bought them all as packs of three. I really wanted the original trilogy tables. That's what I was really after. Yeah. And I, th- I think those are great. Although um, the voice acting isn't from the films and it's yeah. quite noticeable. But, you know, it's good enough, I suppose. Yeah. There's a I... bit where, like, uh, Han Solo says something that sounds really vulgar. and I, I don't think... Um... Oh, yeah, laugh it up, fuzzball. Doesn't sound like laugh it up, fuzzball. It sounds like yeah. something else.
0: Laugh it up, fuzzball.
1: Uh, it begins with F as well and a U. And really? Yeah. Wow! It sounds like it, and I was a bit taken aback.
0: <laughs> Language, Han Solo. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm sure so, it doesn't, Tom. I'm sure it. I'm sure it says the line you remember. It's just your filthy, filthy mind.
1: <laughs> um, I also picked up this fighting game, arena-based fighting game, for uh, P- actually the PS5 version of it. Now. It's called, like, Mighty Fight or something? Right. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Um, so it's an interesting one. It's not quite as... Mighty Fight Federation, it's called. It's good, not quite as good as I was hoping for, but it's kind of unique, Arena Fighter, with monsters and such as a werewolf, and the mechanics are, as I say, kind of unique. There's no block button. There's sort of like a parry button type yeah. thing.
0: You can play as um, Kunio-kun from River City Ransom.
1: Oh, that's right. You can also play as Yuka and Laylee from ukulele
0: Ooh, okay. So it's like, it's off-brand smash is what you're telling me. Uh, I, mean, I should have got too. that from Arena, but still. It's
1: not a, it's not a platform fighter. It's a, an arena. It's like Power Stone, but there's no weapons to pick up.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it now. Sorry. Yeah. This is the thing, Tom. Like when you say fighting game terms, I'm just like, oh, is is it is 2D? Is it just a flat fighting game? Like when it starts to get into arena, and what Smash? Smash is like a platform. Yes, that's right. A
1: yeah, platform fighter.
0: I don't know. My it never sticks in my brain. I don't know why. Okay, Power Stone ask. It, lo- um, it, it looks pleasing at least. Yeah, you're saying it's I not great it to play. I think it
1: plays a little bit stiff in a way. Yeah, there's not a looseness or bounce to the the way the characters control. They are are a little bit stiff, I would say. And, yeah, that that makes the game not as pleasing to play as it it could be. It's not as good as Last Battle. If you take Last Battle, which is very much a homage homage to uh, Power Stone, that's a much better arena fighter. From what I've played, I mean, I need to give... put more time into mighty Fight Federation, but... It was £5, pounds, I think, or something around that. So okay. I wasn't, you know, it was a risk I could afford to take. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But I think usually it's a lot, um, maybe three times as much.
0: Yeah, it's $30 when it's oh, wow. full price. Okay.
1: Well, there you go. Um, you might want to consider that if you like uh, fighting games, as I do. And I always want to try out uh, anything that's uh, new like that.
0: That you do, Tom Barry, that you do.
1: Have <laughs> you've been playing
0: anything else, Matthew? No. What it
1: was I was saying there. I sort of said it's a
0: bit. No, bleh. I have not been playing anything else. I understood you, it's fine. Um I I tried to play some Final Fantasy fourteen today for the first time in forever because someone told me actually there's Mahjong in Final Fantasy Fourteen and I was like, Oh hell yeah. The, oh yes, the Mahjong um, man. But I, I haven't played the Mahjong for a while because I haven't played much Shikuza recently, like I'm. This is the thing. I don't know when after this Lost Judgment I'm gonna get that Yakuza fix again. I've been thinking mm. really recently about importing um, Ishin. Finally, I have it on PS3, but I want to get the PS4 version of it so I can really enjoy that game. But yeah, for now I'm just like oh, okay. Didn't you play through it all? Oh no, yeah, you're right. What's the other? Y- What's the other Yakuza Samurai game that's on the PS4?
1: I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. You've oh, man, this is
0: the thing. I for- I'm starting to forget things, Tom. Oh, no. What
1: am I doing? You forgot the name of that game at the My... start. Now, you've forgotten the name of a Yakuza game. Now I'm really worried about you, Matthew.
0: Oh, no. This is how it goes, Tom. I just i guess I'm just slowly drifting away. To be fair, I've also got the Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise to play as well.
1: You've got lots of games to play, as have I.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean to be fair I could also play um Project K, i.e. the PSP Yakuza games as well. I do own those, but they they're different. They're not traditional Yakuza games. No.
1: I've been thinking I need to get back on Halo. No, Info I was because,
0: so. I was right, Tom Parry. Ishin is the one I have not played. Kenzan oh. is the one I have beaten. Oh sorry. Oh you made, doubt, you made me doubt You made me doubt myself. I was just like, Oh no, Tom Parry <gasps> it's and Tom why Parry did you not Ucusa play nation You got it for
1: PS3, but you decided not to play it. Now you prefer to play the PS4 version.
0: Well, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like I, I got the PS3 version of it because it was much cheaper in Japan at the time because it mm-hmm. not long come out, and the PS3 version, for some reason, even though it's a late PS3 release, seemed to be cheaper than the PS4 one. Um, and obviously, I could, I can play the PS. 4 4 version on the ps5 or generally in my living room setup without having to get a console down from the attic in the games room so that's why it also apparently it runs a bit faster as well and it's a bit sharper i guess it would yeah heard. i
1: guess it would it's not often i actually play on the ps3 but no. i did i did uh, jump into motorsport uh not so long ago i think we probably talked about that
0: but... yeah we did indeed yeah, so no, it's been a, it's been a liked gaming week for me. Well, it hasn't. I've played lots and lots of Fortnite, but I'm not going to bore you with that. So that's pretty much it for me. I haven't even bought anything, Tom. Look at that. It's been a oh a rel- oh buying
1: games. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'd like to just uh, this is a uh, announcement. Uh, this is in your benefit to listen to this if you like Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball in general. Uh, do not. By final bout, I made a very bad mistake in I told thinking you. that the Japanese version could be considerably better no. than the PAL version. It is not. It is a bad game inside and out. No amount of, you know, being very slightly faster helps this unresponsive uh, mess of a game.
0: Uh, yeah, like One I the said, worst fighters
1: I've ever played.
0: I I have somewhat fond memories of like the three times i played final bout because it was novel to play a japanese dragon ball z game in a time when i was really into dragon ball
1: z it's a good looking game
0: yeah it doesn't look bad but the thing is the
1: sacrifice of gameplay
0: yeah it's just not very fun to play like we i have so much more fun playing like i have very fond memories of emulating the super nintendo japanese dragon ball z games the fighting games. I yeah, think. the fighting yeah. games, the one on one fighters. And I'm in really mm-hmm. fond memories of like hooking up very archaic PC controllers to my Time PC, which dates how long ago that was. Um, and playing those o- with friends who would come round using, you know, the Wonders of Emulation. And then I was adamant that I wanted to buy. Final bout because I saw it in the back of a Nintendo official magazine on like the King Cats listings of what games they mm. had imported. And it took ages to arrive, and then when it did, we were like, Oh, this is, ah, this is fun! Look at oh, this. Oh, that wow, intro video is yeah, like it's whoa. super good. The intro video is amazing. Oh,
1: it's amazing because you know, you're mixing GT with Z, you know, it's freezers yeah. there,
0: but then you've got trunks and pan, and yeah, it's like, Whoa. Yeah, but that's the best bit about that game. That's the, is the unfortunate bit. truth. Like, I it, it honestly it put me off buying Dragon Ball Z fighting games. Like, I've ne- I'd never I mm. never bought another one after that, other than like secondhand if they were cheap.
1: And I mean, if you compare that to what we've got with Fighter Z now, there was no yeah. reason to go out and buy Dragon Ball Final Bout when you can play a game like Fighter Z. Fighters, but you're a so but you're
0: know. a sadist, and even though you already knew you didn't like this game and already own a PAL copy, you thought like oh, I'll get a Japanese one; it's cheap.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a problem with watching too much digital foundry, and everyone's saying, "Oh, 60 hertz, oh, it changes the game so much. No, oh, it makes it, it so much better much. to play." No, it doesn't. It's still a shit game.
0: Yeah, I the only <laughs> the only times I think 60 hertz actually makes a noticeable difference in gameplay is with older eight and sixteen bit games. The music's sometimes a lot better in the original compositions, like listening to Mega Man in the re-releases of the Mega Man collection. It's just like, oh, well, this music's actually like, I like this music anyway, but this music's actually banging at the proper tempo. Also just makes those games a lot harder, to be honest with you. It made me realise I was like, oh man, Mega Man's difficult, eh? 60 hertz does not
1: say Final Bout. Also, interesting happens in Final Bout where you think you've done a move. You've done a move, right? And it's either the quick version of the Kami say, or you get the like really uh, drawn out camera moves behind you version. Yeah. And I don't know why sometimes that happens and why sometimes it's just a quicker one. I don't know why sometimes enemies can like kill you nearly one go, one yeah. attack. Uh, it's just like something doesn't seem to make sense in how the game
0: plays. Well, I mean, a you have a European version, so look at the manual. I'm sure it'll tell you. I'm sure there's a gauge from what I remember. There's a gauge, gauge.
1: yeah. There's a charging up thing, as most Dragon Ball games have.
0: Yeah, but I mean that Um, gauge. Isn't there also a gauge for like attack or something? I can't remember. It's it's been a long time. Something
1: I'm missing out. It's probably my own error. Yeah, but I just it's not immediately pick up and playable in a way that it. Probably should be. Yeah, it's trying to be too um, technical. It's so like, sluggish, so so sluggish, so unresponsive. It's got lag. Yeah, you know, you press a button, it doesn't happen on screen straight away. That's not to do with my setup. That's to do with the game. The game has lag built in. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've played a lot better.
0: I just need to button mash. That was that was the way we got around it. Like some of the some of the moves I remember were super arbitrary of how you pulled those mm. off. I was. Mm. We had fun. We had fun with it. it like the, the three afternoons we spent playing it, it was fine. It wasn't worth the 80 quid I paid for it. That's the Bloody that.
1: hell. I played 15 quid for the Japanese version. Yeah, Delivered. Um, yeah, there you go. Final bout. Just don't bother.
0: The final time we will talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. R.I.P. Final and...
1: Bout. Yeah, the, fa- the final game of this episode, I guess. That's, it is uh, indeed, yeah, wow. It.
0: Way to end on a high there. We've had some philosophical conversations. <laughs> and we've talked about Dragon Ball Z Final Bout. <laughs> Two ends of well, the coin. Dragon Ball GT
1: Final. Dragon I'm... Ball GT slash Z Final Bout. Oh, it's just
0: Dragon Ball Final Bout, isn't it? It doesn't even... Think, well, yeah. it doesn't it's got even both
1: is... in it, though,
0: is not it? Yeah, but I, I, I guess that's why they do, they drop it. You remember what we were talking about, Tom Parry, when we got on our high horses and started ranting about people and being like, yeah, be conscious about what you're buying. It's going to say. Be conscious about what you buy, in Tom Parry. Well,
1: occasionally we all make mistakes, don't we? We do,
0: we do, we we're do. Only, we're only human. It is, it is what it is to be human. <laughs> anyway, if you were a human and you've liked this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on blastprocess.com, com, as well as on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash tomarmatattack, on Twitter, at TMAcast, at Gameball for me, at Tom Parry11 for him. Also listen to it in a variety of places, those pre-mentioned, but also iTunes... I guess it's now Apple Podcasts. It's probably Mm. me saying iTunes is out of date. I don't think iTunes exists anymore, but it's in my ramble, so I'm going to go over there. (laughs) Apple Music. Stitcher and Spotify. While you're there, want to give us a cheeky written subscribe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It really does work. Tom, it's been a pleasure, mate, as always. Um, Always, yeah. Go, you know, treat yourself. Go get that copy of Final Bout. It was only 15 quid. And just, like, office space it in the courtyard behind your house. Just throw it on the ground, film it so it's in slow motion, and just smash the disc with a baseball bat. It'll make you feel better. You'll get that 50 quid's worth of rage out of your system. Well,
1: I do have two copies of it.
0: Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, the PAL version is probably better from sounds of things, so... This is, wow. I'm going to whip out that game now. Anytime anyone's talking about the 60 hertz thing, I'm just going to be like, yeah, but we've played Final Power, it's actually worse. Sure. Anyways, it <laughs> doesn't matter. Tom Barry, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you and it's been a pleasure. Listeners has been in years. So until next week, be sure to game on. Game on.